Sometimes, when struggling, you need a tangible reminder that you're not alone. You Don't Fight Alone offers the YDFA kit, a small set of items for comfort, grounding, and serenity. Visit ydfa.org kits to get your own completely free YDFA kit. Please be advised. We will be discussing subjects that may not be suitable for all audiences and will include subjects that some will find challenging, traumatic, or triggering. Welcome to You Don't Fight Alone, a podcast sharing the stories of those of us successfully living with mental illness and how we got here. My rock bottom was when I was with my daughter and she's um, a doctor in nursing and she could see that I was manic manic and um, and not at all myself and so she's the one that saw that I needed to go to the hospital and uh, without her I don't know what would would have happened because she knew I she says um, are you dangerous to yourself mom and I said yeah I am are you dangerous to to dad yes <laughs> you know I was just that bad and so um, with her help I ended up in the in the ER and yeah that was my rock bottom I think to let her see that and not only her but her daughter is a teenager and she saw me that way too and I thought oh how you know, when I look back, I think, oh, that must have been so scary for her, uh, my granddaughter. But um, they were very supportive. It all felt surreal. Um, I had quite an adjustment coming home, realizing what I'd done and that I had been locked up. <laughs> and like all my rights were taken away from me, my uh, all my old meds were taken away from me, cold turkey, and uh, so I was on new medication and uh, they told me that I had to call and make an appointment with a psychiatrist before I could even leave, but I had to find one that would take Medicare because I'm on Medicare. And that's very difficult to find any psychiatrist or psychologist that take Medicare. And uh, but I did find one, and then I got home, and and then I got a call that they wouldn't take it. So I went for quite a while without any treatment after I got home, and that was very difficult. So I I was kind of left on my own there. And that was very scary. Um, my name is Elaine. 
and I was diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder. Well, for many years, I have been seeking help for what I thought was depression and have been on so many different antidepressants and they never worked. And uh, in fact, I, I got worse. And so um, I found a doctor who believed that perhaps I might be bipolar and gave me some mood stabilizers and um, correct medication that was approved for bipolar. And I began feeling so much better and I could actually sleep. Before that, I couldn't sleep hardly at all. So I think that's how I came about uh, that diagnosis and treatment. Um, I've always had depression as long as I can remember. Um, I did get, about a year ago, I started having manic episodes and I ended up in the hospital. Um, and uh, I was not myself at all. And so I had had a, f a couple times before that where um, in high school, I wanted to end my life. And then uh, again, we lived in the South Pacific most of our married life. and. Um, I felt like running into traffic one day with my four children following me. Uh, so there were some indications that it was not just depression. <laughs> it was a bit more than that. I was relieved to some point that I had a name for the, the way I was acting my whole life. Um, however, like you say, there's so much stigma. And so I didn't know who I could tell or uh, even my husband um, didn't believe in it. And so that was really difficult to overcome. And now he's much more supportive. He's taking uh, classes and learning to, as much as he can. But yeah, it's really hard. I, I still don't know who I can trust with information. <laughs> and so even my children who are all grown and have their own kids, um, there's three of them that uh, are on, on board with it and one that is not at all. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's very difficult. And uh, they believe about bipolar or, or not bipolar, but mental illness to them is caused from the devil. Uh, and so he had to overcome that uh, traditional um, belief that it was uh, something caused because I was not righteous enough. 
And so, um, yeah, once he started reading, I said, here, read this. And I kept giving him different things to read. Um, and um, he started to understand a little bit more. And also our church um, has quite a bit of um, material regarding mental illness. And once he, because he's uh, more religious than I am, um, he listened to that more than to me. So, <laughs> so I think that was when he kind of turned around. Plus he saw that he might lose me if he didn't change. So if there is a lot of stigma in the South Pacific, I have seen what they do with mental illness. Uh, people with mental illness, they actually lock them up in cages. And um, yeah, so, and, and just so you hear this one funny story is I knew this lady um, and I heard she was sick. I went to see her in her house and she opened the door and she was covered from top to bottom with crushed up leaves of a plant. And I said, oh, um, what is that for? And she said, oh, I have puke devolo, which means I'm sick. The devil sick. I'm sick from the devil. And so that's how they, they treat it there where I was living. And um, yeah, that's the, <laughs> there is a big stigma in the South Pacific. Just ask my husband. He's over there if you want to talk to him. <laughs> it's, um, at least here in America, they're a little more educated. I'd say where I lived was probably like 40 years behind medically. At least that much, if not more. <laughs> so. I think most people knew that something was wrong with me already, <laughs> but um, it was just never diagnosed because I, I tend to push people away, and so uh, I'm kind of a loner. Um, even in my family, we don't communicate, My you know, like my siblings and my parents. So, yeah, it's just... I've always felt different my whole life, but um, because we lived in the South Pacific, um, they they treat it differently there. They, I mean, I don't think they even know what bipolar is. Like, I have a granddaughter who has spina bifida, and that was when we were living in Hawaii. And because they don't have the medical care for her in Hawaii we had to move to the mainland uh, to get help. And, and I think uh, mental health care is the same way. Uh, they don't have qualified doctors uh, there. Or they can't recognize what, what I had. That's why I just kept getting on antidepressants. And they really, some of them made it much worse. So, 
Yeah. Um, I am almost 70, just so you know. I'm probably the oldest that you've ever had on. But I think it is because we've moved so much and from country to country. So I would, you know, I would go for a short time to a psychiatrist, but it never got bad enough. The mania did not get bad enough um, back then for them to recognize it. I knew my mother, um, I believe she had it too. Uh, she died in 2007, but I don't, I've never seen her happy ever. <laughs> and so I, I pretty much think that's where it came from. Um, however, my dad doesn't believe in it, so I don't dare tell him. He'll just say, oh, you're going to hell and whatever. <laughs> so I, I just don't want to bring it up to him. But he, I remember my mother, um, she went to the hospital also at one point in her life. And I remember her screaming and she'd leave for hours and hours um, when I was a little little girl and abandoned me more or less. So when I look back at her life and uh, things that she did, I believe, I'm not sure if it was bipolar, but she had something. She had something. biggest revelation was that it's not just myself uh, making up things. I don't become superhuman, incredible Hulk and throw tables across the room just for nothing. I actually have something that's causing that. And um, I've tried to beat up my husband, <laughs> but he's so big, Polynesian muscles and bones where it doesn't go very far, like hardly at all, you know. But, but when, I mean, I was wondering, why am I doing that? I don't know anybody else that's doing that. And here I am, you know. So <laughs> it has... Um, helped me understand myself better to know that it's a chemical imbalance not just 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 for fun you know <laughs> I would tell myself not to compare myself with others and also not to try and read other people's minds because I do it a lot. I still do that. I, because my mind is always full of negative thoughts. And a lot of it is that if I don't like going out to social gatherings because I'm always worried what people are thinking about me. So I tell myself, just go and enjoy yourself. Don't. <laughs> Don't try to read other people's minds and 
you know, enjoy life. So it would have been a whole lot different if I'd known back then <laughs> what I know now. Yeah. I think that I would have been kinder to myself and others um, had I known what I know now about bipolar. Um, I've gone through when um, I never felt totally safe from myself or or anyone for so long. And in fact, it got so bad when we moved to this house, my son could sense that I didn't feel safe. And so he went and bought a security system for the home. And my husband thought that was kind of over the top, but, but it, I, it's a, it's a feeling of, uh, you need to feel safe and, uh, understood. So I think those are the two main things, um, that my husband has realized that, that I really need to feel safe and uh, understood, or at least willing to listen to me and then, you know, try to figure it out. My whole life I've tried, I've, I'm tend to catastrophize everything and exaggerate everything. So like uh, if I hear of somebody getting in an accident or something, you know, I blow everything up and I, I can't forget it, you know, for a long time. It'll just go over and over in my head. So um, my mind is very busy all the time. <laughs> and I think that the fact that I came from what I would call a dysfunctional family um, had a lot to do with it. Um, and my default brain function is negative and very loud. And I also have tinnitus, so I don't ever get any silence. Even when it's quiet, there's still no silence because my ear's ringing all the time. Um, a lot of times when I'm out in, in public, I'll... I'll just, you know, try to be quiet, not, you know, just listen to the conversation. But if I speak, I might put my foot in my mouth. And, and then for days after, I'll think about, oh, why did I say that? Or, you know, <laughs> I worry a lot. I'm a worrier. So um, my husband is very outgoing social person he loves people and i'm just the opposite but because of his positions in jobs he's always had to um associate with rich um what you call high mucky muck people <laughs> and i i prefer um uh to stay home and be by myself. So that's been a very difficult thing. And um, after I go to any social gathering, because I'm trying to pretend to be normal, <laughs> you know, what is expected of me, I usually go home, I'm totally exhausted. And so my husband has to 
try hard to get me to go with him anywhere. But um, I didn't mention uh, I didn't mention that I was married before. I was married when I was 18 and um, and divorced less than two years later. And um, that still to this day keeps coming up in my mind and I'm like, how can I still think of that, you know, after all this time? <laughs> and um, yeah, and also another thing I've learned about myself, because I've had several operations. One of my um, eyes where um, I thought I was going blind and they, they did the operation, but um, I have a very low tolerance for pain. At times I felt like I was destined for self-destruction. Retirement itself is a very big adjustment. Um, and even though we think, oh, well, we should all be very happy when you're retired, right? And just enjoy life and go traveling and everything. But um, there are certain things like what I'm experiencing that is getting in the way of my enjoying my retirement. And so I would advise anyone that's uh, experiencing depression or anxiety or or uh, has bipolar to get as much help as they can so they can enjoy the rest of their life and also to enjoy their grandchildren and, and you know just have a, a, a well-rounded life instead of always being worried about something <laughs> Don't let your mind just wander. Go do something about it. Get as much help as you can, and and I think uh, I I think of my mother. She never was happy, and she died uh, unhappy. And I hope she's happy now. <laughs> and I and I have a lot to talk to her about when I see her again. For more information and to donate, please visit youdon'tfightalone.org. The You Don't Fight Alone podcast is a production of You Don't Fight Alone Incorporated, produced and engineered by James Fisher and Keaton Lycom. The information presented by You Don't Fight Alone is not intended as medical advice. If you have mental health questions, please talk to a mental health professional.